Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show in which we explore the mystery of the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram. I'm Anthony Skinner, producer of the show, and we hope you have had a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, a fantastic New Year's Eve celebration, and you are ready to kick off 2020 with another episode of Typology. Hey, we've got some exciting news for you. Typology is hosting its first ever live podcast at the Balboa Theater in San Diego on March 21st, 2020. We've got some very special guests for this event and some exciting surprises. Music, it's going to be a really, really fun event. So make sure you go on over to typologypodcast.com and get your tickets now. That's T-Y-P-O-L-O-G-Y podcast.com. Hey, we have an Enneagram 6 today. Betsy Miller lives in Tennessee here. She's a good friend of ours. She is the director of finance over at StoryBrand with Don Miller. And she also serves as chairman of the board of directors for Rescue Freedom International, an organization that is a leading force in the rescue and restoration of survivors of human trafficking. So we're super, super excited, thrilled, and honored to have her on the show today. Also remember, you can follow us on social media at Typology Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can follow Ian at Ian Morgan Cron on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That's it for me, Anthony Skinner. And without any further ado, let's get on with it. And now, here is the host of our show, Ian Cron. Betsy Miller, welcome to Typology. Hi, Ian. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited you're here. I'm glad to be here, too. Yeah, I, I have to begin by by telling people how this interview came to pass. Okay. Uh, I was over at StoryBrand's office mm-hmm. getting ready to do some podcasts with Don promoting Enneagram Made Simple. Yep, that's right. And I came outside to meet somebody, and you were in your car. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> I thought this was leading up to my fabulous house slippers that I yeah. have. <laughs> and I was supposed to meet somebody outside, so I walked out. You were in your car. Yep. And you rolled down the window, and you, you said to me, Ian, I just happened to notice that your car is parked across the street on the side of the road, and there's construction work being done over there, and I'm worried that one of these dump trucks coming up and down the road is going to hit your car. Yeah, I was pretty tormented about it. I sat there for a while trying to decide, do I run up there and catch them before they start doing their work? And I said, and I said, I remembered at that point, I went, Betsy, you're a six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it, as a four, it would never, I wouldn't have even seen the car. Uh, I tried to talk myself out of it. I was like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And then I knew <laughs> if something actually happens to his car, I will know. I saw it. I thought about it. But here's the cool thing. Yeah. If I didn't have a six in my universe at that particular moment, it's likely or possible that my car might have been hit by a construction truck. Very likely. Those guys are all over the street over there. Wow. Well, so um, I know from conversations with Don that the Enneagram has played largely. It's played a, a, an important role in, the, in your relationship and your lives individually. So maybe just share a little bit about how you learned about the Enneagram, and, but even more about how you've woven it into yeah. your life and your development. Yep, definitely. Um, so... I learned about the Enneagram a long time ago. Some friends went through it when I was just out of college. But then, and so I had like a rough terminology for it. And then when Don and I got married, Don was much more well-versed in it. He'd read a lot about it. 
and he started telling me, I, you, the things that you're saying and the things that you're doing, you sound like a six, you should read about this, see what you think. So the more I read into it, the more it did sound like me. And then, and then the combination of knowing a little bit more about myself and understanding how Don operates and what his Enneagram number is, it allowed us to kind of figure out a, um, a way to not need the other person to be more like us, mm. but to let them be who they really are. Mm. Um, and I think Don probably did the best job of that right off the bat because um, I tend to be more aware of things like somebody's car getting hit on the street or is our, our house door locked or um, things along those lines, which is not his natural MO. And he would tell you that his house doors were unlocked 100% of the time. And he's a three. And he's a three, yeah. Right. Yeah. So when he was in Portland, he never locked his door. But I couldn't fathom that. I'm like, why would we not lock our front door? All that to say, it allowed his he was able to understand where I was coming from and that I wasn't trying to nitpick or get onto him about not doing something. It was more out of a sense of safety for myself and for him. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gave us a little bit of space to let the other person be who they were and not feel like it was encroaching on, as we were newly married, just gave us a little room for each other. Mm. Typically, sixes at the front end of relationships have a lot of questions about the commitment of the other person was that was that your experience yes that was a hundred percent of my experience i am oh i i first resonated with the being a six and the loyalist even just like the title of it i am a very loyal person and so i think with that comes this hesitancy to commit right off the bat i feel like if i'm gonna dive in i i know i'm in for the long haul right um so when we first started dating it was don was and like right off the bat, he would tell you that. He, right. he knew immediately that this is it, we're gonna get married. And I was very on my heels, uncertain. I've, we've just met, I barely know you. Um, so it was it was a long, slow process. It involved him actually moving from Portland out to DC so that we could be in the same city together because the long distance element was still just a little bit too like, I don't know, you come in for the weekend, maybe you, you put on this act, maybe you have a whole different life at home I don't know about. Right. So we, he moved to D.C. and kind of gave a little more chance for me to get to know him. But, I mean, even after a year, it was still, I just was nervous. Like, am I, or is this going to be a crazy idea? Right. So you just said something that sparked something in my mind, which is that sixes typically make the assumption that other people have hidden motives or agendas. Mm-hmm. And when you were saying that about Don, you know, it would be very normal for a six to think, yeah, like what's really going on behind the scenes here? Yes, totally. And the fact that he was he was not an anonymous person in the world made me extra suspicious because he had I mean, he would not describe himself as famous per se, but occasionally someone will recognize him or know who he is. And right. And that that made me even more nervous. Why? I've just thought if people are going to make allowances for you because you're someone that they know and they think is special, it can very quickly feed an ego. Right. And I just thought like there's a good chance that this has happened to him for the last 10 years where he feels like he's special. He's he gets to slip through where normal people would have to stick around and make chit chat or Right. Um I think I just wanted to be sure that who you're presenting to me is who you really are and that you don't feel like this. I don't know if that makes any sense. Does it? it makes total sense yeah. because like I said, you know, 
um, sixes are um, vigilant and watching things very closely. Yeah. They want to make sure. You know what they're looking for? Certainty. Mm-hmm. Sixes want certainty. Yeah. Um, this may sound overstated, but I think it's uh, like they have a lust for the sure thing. Yeah. They, they just want to make sure. Totally. So they're looking, uh, maybe another phrase I would use is assurance and insurance. Yes. Yeah. I definitely can feel that for sure. And I, I like to provide that for other people. Give them some assurance that I am who I say I am. I'm going to be authentic. Um, but sixes generally are. Generally are authentic. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, next to nines, I think <laughs> sixes are the most, nines and sixes are the most what you see is what you get people. Hmm. And the other reason you might have been a little concerned about the um, the fame or component of Don's life is sixes actually don't like the spotlight yeah. that comes with notoriety. No. Because they're like, ah, you know, that's yeah. exposure to possible danger. Totally. If, if, if you got a light on me, it's this could get dangerous. Yes, 100%. So how have you adjusted to that? Because Don's no less well-known now. I mean. Yeah. Um, he loves, I mean, I think it's fair to say he likes being in the spotlight. He's good at it. He, he can soak up a lot of that space. And I don't mind... Is the, I'm never sure I'm using the word right, limelight, where you're like sort mm-hmm. of in the spotlight, but you're on the peripheral. Oh, that's nice. I do. Out in the halo. Out in the, yeah, exactly. In yeah. the halo. I enjoy all the all the fun that that can kind of involve. So um, going to fun events or um, meeting interesting people. I love all of that. And I, the parts about it that have been harder are the parts where somebody figures out where we live, which doesn't really happen that often, but it has happened once or twice. And you're just like, that's a little unnerving that, it could be figured out where our house is. Um, so that part has been hard The as we're, we're building a new house right now. And, um, and the addresses. <laughs> I'm going to write it on a sheet of paper. Um, it, it, it's so with it, and with that, it's, uh, we're building it big enough so that we can have lots of people come stay with us because we have a lot of friends who come to town. I have right. a ton of family, and so they're always in and out of Nashville. But... Don is like super inviting about it. Like it's when we just when we talk about it and anybody's around, it's like you got to come stay with us. So we're we're trying to figure out that line. And actually, the two of us have a, like a set aside time. Where we're gonna figure out like what's the criteria. Like obviously, not everybody can come to our house because that would he make invited me nervous me to stay for months. Did he? I believe it. Yeah, hundred percent. Did he tell you you come write your book there? <laughs> I hear him say it once a day right now, um, which is great because I do love to be around people, but I don't love. The, the stranger element that right. like, strangers might be showing up. So are you an anxious person? I don't think I've always been an anxious person. I think I'm a little more anxious now than I was at a younger age. I don't know if that just happens with age. You know more. You right. have friends who have had hard experiences, so you are just aware of what could happen. Um, I would say that I'm like mid-level anxious person. Right. <laughs> a thing. Okay. So slightly nervous, and and what slightly do you like? What do you, like? All right. So if sixes are worst case scenario thinkers, or they perceive threats that are real or imagined. Yes. Right. Yes. Do you have a Do you have like a top ten favorite anxiety oh thing gosh, that goes that through pos- your head? Yeah, hundred percent. I actually I'm working really hard right now not to go through the worst case scenario because it comes to me so quickly. A friend of mine was like, "If you're going to imagine the worst case, you need to also imagine the best case." So I'm trying to figure out if that will balance me out somewhere. 
Um, it almost always involves uh, Don not coming home, like he, something happens, an accident. Is that what you're mm-hmm. looking for? Yeah, like totally, case? yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. When we were first married, if he was 10 minutes late coming home, if he said, I'm leaving the office, I'll see you in a few minutes, I knew how long it took to get from the office to the house. And if he was five to 10 minutes late, I was just like, you can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. I'm going to, I need to know exactly when you're leaving the office that I don't worry that you've mm. gotten into a car wreck on the way home. That one will always get me. I try not to think about it too much. Um, and then the dogs. <laughs> we have two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I took them to the groomer today and I like, I regularly, when I leave them at the house, anytime I leave them somewhere, I'm like, what if I know how happy they are when I come home? And what if I didn't come home? They would be so sad. It would be horrible. I mean, you worry about something happening yeah, to you, not the dogs. Like, if it happens to me, it will upset them. So not even like the. It's not even about me getting hurt as much as it is that they are going to be so devastated by this. Oh, so. Do you worry about uh, them getting hit by cars and stuff like that? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, we put them on a leash if they're going to be out out near the street anytime because I fear that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think about it every time I back the car up. So there's a podcast I listened to this week, and I thought about you and about this interview when I listened to it, and also a new book I'm working on. If you promise me that you'll take some time and mm-hmm. listen to Krista Tippett's, you know, on yes, being I do. Yeah. the podcast, yeah. uh, and it's an interview with her and the Buddhist teacher Sylvia Borstein, okay. who I love. I love Sylvia Borstein. She has a great book called "That's Funny You Don't Look Buddhist," um, <laughs> and she's a Jew, so it's funny, you know. That, yep, you know, totally. And and so, um, she struggles with anxiety, hmm. right? Very interesting. She says the two most frightening words in the world is "Hello, Ma." From her children, when her children call, she goes. They go, "Hello, Ma," and she's like, "Oh my gosh, what's wrong?" You know, it's like "Hello, Ma" is a trigger, wow. you know, on the phone. Yeah, and she just talks about you know, in her spiritual practice and where she's grown as a person Mm -hmm. is learning, this is a neurological glitch. Yeah, Yeah. This is just part of the wiring, right? And she has a, um, something that she says to herself all the time Mm -hmm. and and, and whenever she mentions it in public, people like attach to it, right? And she says, uh, whenever she gets frightened, she says, sweetheart, you're afraid, relax, take a breath. Let's pay attention to what's happening. Then we'll figure out what to do. That's incredible. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. really incredible. Isn't it? I'm going to need to write that down before right? I leave. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Sweetheart, I, you got to hear her say it too, you know, because she has, uh, I think, a sort of a New York accent, you know, and it's, sweetheart, you're afraid. Relax. <laughs> Take a breath. Let's pay attention to what's happening. Then we'll figure out what to do. I love it. That's so good. Isn't that I've, good for sixes? Yeah, because it, there is, there's something going on in your body. And it's just, maybe it just needs to be, it needs to know that it's being listened to. Yes. And then you can take a breath. You know, I'm always encouraging people, this is, you know, psychology, but even in the world of the Enneagram, we talk about somatic work, Mm -hmm. right? Trying to figure out where does this live in the body? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I feel shame as a four, Mm -hmm. I know where it is in the body. And the reason it's important, like when I feel shame, it's this feeling of sort of hollowness, Hmm. actually at the it, at the nape of my neck, right in the bottom, you know, it's like a hollowness yep. and a heaviness. And when I begin to feel it, mm-hmm. I can actually begin to cut it off at the pass. Interesting. And effectively? Or? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I realize it's kind of envy. It's uh, a sort of a sadness, a weightiness. Yeah. And when it comes up, I can be like, huh. It's like a red flag. Yeah. And I can go, hmm, what's going on? 
you know, yeah, and and yeah. be able to not fall into the trance yep. that follows that, or mm-hmm. usually, or is telling me you're already in it. Yeah. yeah. So I think. In, I mean, anxiety is generally pretty easy to find. Yeah, you know whether it's tension in the shoulders or in the totally. neck. Do you do yeah. you have? I feel that I I'll feel tension in my shoulders for sure, or I just feel I can feel my um like my lungs and my ribs get tense. Right, and they I'll feel a tiny bit shaky, like I'm cold. I'll start to feel colder than normal. So this is awesome because yeah. once you know that, yeah, when you begin to if you begin to sense, okay, something is going on that's related to my type Mm -hmm. right yeah usually the passion right so for you it would be fear yeah right for me it's envy Mm -hmm. um for you know other numbers have you know different sort of manifestations but but i'm always like learn in your where it lives in your body so that when it happens you can attend to yourself and care for yourself in that moment yeah and begin to help whatever it is in your case anxiety just begin to relax it mm-hmm. you know yeah even to say sweetheart you're afraid yeah you know i know just that calming almost mm-hmm. motherly voice for yourself totally mm-hmm. and in in my experience that helps yeah terrifically you know and sometimes you say we gotta do some somatic work some body work people look at you like okay we're going to the total woo-woo place <laughs> like you know don if i said right, to right, don right. definitely not. Hey, <laughs> don when you start to feel your stuff come up, where is it? He'd look at me like, I got stuff to do right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're trying to accomplish things right now. But. No, I totally know what you mean. I actually just recently did something so woo-woo. Um, I bought myself a very soft rock. Which awesome. is like, I. It's um, it's just when I feel nervous or stressed, I need something to ground me. I can hold the rock in my hand and it's cold at first. So it, mm. that like even the cold sensation is calming. And right. then I feel my pulse against it because it's a rock, obviously. Right. Um, and just that that moment of like the cold and the pulse and it's kind of rhythmic and I can take a breath and realize, okay, this is, people have survived all sorts of things through generations. You know, I could be living in the woods right now if I were here hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And I would would be fine. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fine with everything that we have available to us. That rock has been surprisingly helpful. That's great. <laughs> it's kind of weird. No. I think that's awesome. So I have a question. It's a little personal, but I want to ask it um, anyway. And I'll share mine if you share yours, okay? Okay. Do you, do you have a lifelong internal struggle that would surprise people? If they knew you had it. Oh, man. I don't think, I mean, maybe this wouldn't surprise people, but the one that comes to mind is um, I do worry about conversations after I've left them. I feel like I tend to give off a very, like, free spirit vibe. You know, I'm going through life pretty happily. And, I, I mean, that probably is par for the course for six i'm just overthinking and analyzing and going back over and wondering did i actually did that i mean communicate to that person that i was trying to be kind and helpful or did they think that i was trying to get out of being with them um it's not really a good struggle though no it's a great one and here's okay. why it, it's reflective of the the sixes self-doubt yeah uh and self-questioning yeah these are both major hallmark features of mm-hmm. sixes self-doubt self-questioning um, 
And I think you're not the first six who's told me that. Really? Yeah. Like, do I need to go back and yeah. kind of clarify that? Or did I? Didn't I? Oh, didn't gosh. I? It just did drives I? me crazy because it's so inefficient and unhelpful because I'm not, not going back and also like not moving on with my life. You're like caught in this right. circle. Right. I So I'll share mine just mm-hmm. so we have we okay. level the playing okay, field good. here. It, but I, I don't want to go too far down into my stuff. But, but I always – I think what – people probably don't pick up around me is a lifelong struggle with self-esteem. And I think people go, what? Really? Mm. You actually seem to be maybe a little high on yourself. (laughs) And I'm like, trust me. Now, it's gotten a lot better. But yeah, just feelings of worthlessness would be too strong a word. But but very hard on myself and um, very self-critical yeah and easily disappointed in myself mm-hmm. uh, and and feeling like in a general way I'm a disappointment to other hmm. people in myself so interesting and I don't think people would pick that up that's no. a hidden internal struggle yeah and I, I asked you that question though in, in part because I think the like a central issue for sixes, Mm-hmm. that sometimes people don't always pick up is self-confidence. Meaning they don't pick up that they're lacking self-confidence? Yeah. yeah. They might see traits or characteristics yeah. that would point to it, but they, yeah. they may not be able to put it into language. Yeah. I mean, is that a good... Yeah, that's a good... I would say that's true. I feel... I do feel like... um. I feel certain of who I am, which mm. I think is a different thing than yeah. what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I definitely still don't know that I've handled something correctly. And I, I, we had a span of my childhood in which we lived in Germany for four years. Mm-hmm. So I missed a lot of um, TV shows, music, um, pop culture, basically, right. that right. other people will reference and talk about. And most of, a lot of my childhood, that would come up, like, in salute your shorts. I don't know a thing about it. I right. No, and that was a thing that was very popular with right. everyone in my school. They all knew about it. So I think that that element has kind of carried through where I feel I feel like there's something that I missed, mm. and so I'm I might have misunderstood the social cues, and I always just hope people hmm. believe the best. But yeah, and I think for sixes, and you'll you'll have to tell me if this is true to your experience, but there's a lack of confidence in their own judgments mm-hmm. and yeah. about decision making. Like ah. oh yeah, I love to crowdsource. I'm all about asking a bunch of people. Really? Oh yeah. If we're, if we're, and Don and I talk about this too. I my theory is that I'm a leader. I just lead by consensus. We're mm. all, we're all. I'm gonna figure out what everybody's wanting to do, or I'm gonna help get everybody on the same page so that we all want to do the same thing. Why? Um, well, because then if if it goes awry, I'm not the one who everybody's pointing fingers at. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think too. You know, like sixes are notorious alliance builders. They are natural alliance builders, mm. which in business can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But but strategic alliances, because when you're part of the group and you've made strategic alliances, those alliances ensure your safety. Hmm. Yeah. That does make sense. Right. This is why sixes make great church members, <laughs> PTA members, board members. Huh. You know what I mean? Because they're great at forming alliances. But but and part of that is because they're awesome people who know how to make friends. Yeah. Right. And they're loyal and they're all that stuff. The dark side of it is it's an insurance policy. Yeah. Yep. You're looking like, <laughs> oh boy, you're looking like you're yeah, like. Don't tell anybody I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
something I was reading about as I was thinking in, about today's interview was uh, someone had this line about sixes, like a sort of part of their footprint in life, is that they're just a bundle of contradictions. Hmm. Mean Or a bundle of opposites might be another way to put it. So no matter what you say about a six, the opposite is also true. Because we see both sides. Mm, that sounds a little bit more nine-ish to me. Okay. You, but you, both sixes and nines struggle in ways that look similar, but they're sort of motivated by different things. Um, but, but for example, sixes are often strong and weak, right? Mm-hmm. They're fearless yeah. and frightened. Yes. Yeah. They're loyal and suspicious. Yeah. They're friendly and aggressive. Uh, they're <laughs> believers and doubters. Uh, they're cooperative and obstructionist. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Is that, totally. is that your universe? A hundred percent. It's very confusing because I do feel like I, I have the potential. I have a lot of potential. And yeah. then the, the other side of it makes me doubt whether that's really there. Um, being fearless and also frightened. That's definitely I, resonates with me because I do, I'm very confident in a new situation. I'm very curious. I like to take a bold step forward, but then I get back home and I'm like, what did I make a huge mistake? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, I think with, with sixes is, this is indicative of their kind of way of, this goes to their that two side, Tides mm-hmm. of the six, which is both um, in relationship to authority figures and belief systems, there's this kind of ambivalence, which is mm-hmm. you, you both rebel against authority and submit to authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like totally. you, you kind of vacillate between these yeah. poles. Um, and and so, yeah, I would imagine it is kind of confusing, confusing. Yeah. right? Um, yeah. Unsettling. Um, do you have an inner committee in your head? Yes. It's slow to come out. Like I couldn't consult my inner committee right now. Right. (laughs) But I do think about, I will think about things from every angle and I'll think of it from a specific person's perspective and, um, so I have a friend of mine who's a six and he likes to say, like, when I have to make a decision here, here's what the committee says in my head. Mm -hmm. I wonder what my dad would do in this situation. Yeah. Maybe I should call my dad. Well, he would do that, but my friend Bob would do this, which is different than what my dad would do. Yes. You know what I mean? And yes. all of a sudden, there are six people in his head having, yeah. now dad's talking to Bob, <laughs> who's talking to, yeah. you know what I mean? And now the committee is trying to make figure out how oh, they're yeah. going to make this decision wow. with each other mm-hmm. and yeah. while you're observing it. Yeah, definitely. That definitely happens. And that, that actually sounds like a positive experience to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can get everybody else to discuss it, make a decision. That's I can great. get on board. <laughs> so what is it? I mean, like, why don't, why don't sixes trust themselves? I don't know. I actually, as you're saying this too, I'm like, I wonder if there's a way to get out of that and, and to feel more confident about it. Um, I think be, part of it is just the fact that I can – I can see a million ways it could go wrong. Right. Uh, and so then it's, if I, the more opinions I can get in a situation, the less likely I am to hit a landmine. But, but as far as trusting my own, and I, cause if I look back at my life, I don't feel like I've made a bunch of bad choices. I feel like sure that I've learned things, but I have made a lot of good choices. So you'd think I would feel more confident in my own opinion. Mm. And I'm happy to give my own opinion on someone else's situation. 
So I, I feel I can feel pretty confident about that. But and here's the irony in my experience yeah. with sixes, and anyone who listens to typology knows this, that I have a high, you can ask Anthony, I say this all the time, a high level of admiration and value for sixes. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh right. my goodness. <laughs> Are we sure? Are you sure? Yeah. Really? What's behind that? What is, is there an agenda in that? Are you want something from me? Um, no, but I mean, I really do. Like, like I have a really... Um, is that about the their opinion, or you think it's yeah, just that? Yeah, like I think sixes give great advice. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like they're very practical, mm-hmm. earthy. Mm-hmm. They're they're very analytical. They're very good at analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, in part because you know when you have a worst case scenario mind or a mind that tends to perceive threat quickly well of course you're going to be you've learned very in you're able to analyze pretty quickly what's going on here yeah right yeah um and i've always found that and they have great senses of humor so Mm -hmm. a lot of times when they're offering suggestions and stuff right there it comes with a dose of irony and laugh at yourself they're very self-deprecating typically right Mm -hmm. and um yet you don't take your own suggestions no when you provide them to yourselves is that there's something about that. Um, there's something about that being on your own, making your own decision, moving forward when no one else sees the way. That just feels so risky. It feels like it feels like a level of vulnerability that's not that is untested, and could go could go south. So I think if you want to encapsulate the basic fear of the mm-hmm. six, it would be this: I'm alone. Who's here to support me? Yes. I always thought that was the seven's basic fear. I'm alone. How it is. Okay. Uh, well, it, they're very similar. They they have two very different ways, though, of coping with it. Remember, sixes and sevens share that yeah. fear triad, yeah. right? Um, but I, I think... That helps a lot because I've wondered... That, every now and then I wonder, like, am I mostly a seven? Because I do feel that if I'm alone for too long, mm-hmm. I get really, really anxious. So I think with the seven, it's yeah. I'm alone with... If... I am faced with pain or deprivation mm-hmm. or stuckness or any a, a circumstance or an emotion that's too difficult for me to cope with. I'm alone. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to su- yeah. take care of myself. And, of course, their way is let's create Neverland. Yes, yes. You know, <laughs> that is not your thing. No. Right? You don't create Neverland. Um, you have a, you know, a, a different way of sort of coping yeah. with that stuff. Yeah. You also don't have as much problem probably with pain deprivation by a long shot compared to a seven no no i wouldn't say that that was the i don't think i realized that about myself about not wanting to be alone until after we got married because i had roommates and i'm one of seven kids so there was like there was always too many people around to ever be alone right and then after we got married don would travel and i'd be alone in the house and i and i kept thinking like this is fine this is fine it's not a big deal and it just kind of spiraled faster and faster down and i i've wondered if that triggered more of the anxiety in my life now or if mm. what because i think i just didn't have time to think about being anxious before there was always somebody around so now the, we even have like had conversations about you know either we we don slowed down to travel quite a bit this last year because i was just i couldn't stop feeling anxious there was nothing mm. i could do to talk myself out of it and it hit a point where i was like i can't i just I couldn't solve the problem. I don't, didn't want someone to have to come stay at the house with me. That felt crazy. I couldn't leave the house and stay somewhere else because I had two dogs. And I didn't always want to travel with Don because it's not always an exciting trip. Often he's in speaking and then flies right back out. Um, so at the beginning of this year, we finally were just like, okay, we're going to say no to absolutely everything we can and just give my body a chance to 
take a break and mm. figure out what's happening. So I did a deep dive with a couple of different counselors and um, and have even just the even just the recognition of it that this is happening. I don't like to be alone at the house, mm. and it is how can I turn around and take care of myself? If anybody else were telling me that, I would do everything to make it better for them. But because it seemed so silly to me, it was hard to acknowledge that it was a real thing. And it, it's kind of crazy how much even just the acknowledging of it made a difference. Mm-hmm. And then getting a rock, of course, helped. <laughs> the other thing that was really helpful was that weighted blanket is kind yeah, of crazy. Yeah, it's great. really helpful. And then, and the last, like he did two different trips. I also, I threatened for a long time to get a roommate if things didn't slow down. Um, and of course, Don's always really great about having this conversation. I, the threat's not a real threat. We're just, as we talk about like, what are the best ways to do this going forward? I was, a few times I've been like, should we just get a roommate? And so we actually do have a roommate right now. One of my old friends is living with us um, while she's doing a traveling nurse thing here in town. Anyway, all this to say, she was busy. So I didn't, I don't feel like it was her solving the problem. And Don was gone for two different weeks in the last month and a half. And I actually felt great. I thoroughly enjoyed the time at home. It, it was it was just kind of crazy how much the acknowledgement and then finding a couple of resources yeah. changed that. Anyway, all this to say, I, I have waffled around a few times, like, am I actually a seven if I'm so afraid to be alone? But it sounds like it's also part of being a six. That you're it just- definitely is. And I, I, I don't find sevens actually have trouble, at least the sevens, that I know being alone mm-hmm. physically. Yeah. It's more like I'm alone in the face of pain mm. or deprivation. Yeah. Um, you know, and who will support me in those things? I have to take care of it myself sort of a yeah. thing. With a six, you're, you're describing actual physical oh, solitude, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know what? I was just thinking, though, as you were talking, like there's a lot of peace to be found when you can say, you know what? I'm an anxious person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's not good. It yeah. just is. And I just have to make accommodations for the fact mm-hmm. that I'm an anxious person. Yeah. Other people are depressives. Other people suffer yeah, other true. things, yeah. you know. It's like, eh, this is my wiring and I have to find strategies mm-hmm. to make it work. You know, I like I have a uh, I've been in a recovery program for 30 years and I have a sponsor. Mhm. And I know uh, because of you know the yeah. way that this system works, I call this person when I, like like we have a thing like if you're experiencing disturbance, mm-hmm. whether it's anger particularly or resentment, mm-hmm. I know. Look, I this is what I have to say to myself. I'm an addict. Hmm. This is what happens. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not good. It yeah. just is. And I have a strategy, and I have people in my life that I turn to when these things get triggered, so that I don't get in worse trouble. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, I'm weak in some areas. Yeah. So what? That I mean, why don't we just acknowledge it? That's a great way to to acknowledge it. Actually, it really is. I, even when you first started talking, I was thinking it's so hard for me to even think about saying I'm an anxious person because it sounds like it's such a weakness to me. But it's true that we we do all have. So I I would never begrudge somebody else having whatever is going on, any depressiveness no. or mm-hmm. addiction. That's so. It's funny that for me to have any anxiety to acknowledge it as an anxious problem or an, uh, being an anxious person, it's really hard to do. You totally have to listen to that Sylvia I Borstein will. episode yes. on On Being because yes. she, you know, she's older. Mm-hmm. I'm a big, actually, uh, a, I have a lot of a 
I deeply appreciate a lot of contemporary Western Buddhist teachers. And she's one of the best. And she's actually would describe herself, um, I think, as someone that world call a... uh, they're Jewish Buddhists, and mm-hmm. they like to refer to themselves as Jubus because that's I know isn't that funny, but it's it's uh, I can't remember Bujus or Jubus I can't remember yeah, what it is yeah. you know, but um, and but they bring this sort of um, beautiful she brings this beautiful kind of you know talking about her grandmother and her she has a rich Jewish faith and Buddhist faith mm-hmm. together, and, and what I love about her is she talks about her anxiety. In ways that are so self-compassionate, yeah, yeah, and not at all like wagging a finger at herself yeah. or why aren't I braver? Because I actually think it That's just amazing. makes things worse. Yeah, I can tell you it definitely made things worse. But it's still so hard to think. It's so hard to think about that compassionately. It's and why? I, it, why? I, I don't why think, is that hard? So I take it back. It's not hard to do it. Once you say it, I'm like, of course, I should have compassion for myself. That makes so much sense. But it's not the tactic I go to first. It's it, the first tactic is pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You're going to be fine. You know, and I think a lot of sixes make a mistake, which hmm. is they think that the antidote to their basic fear, which is fear, yeah. um, is courage. Yeah. And it's not. It's faith. Hmm. Faith is the antidote to fear, not courage. Because there's just never, ever going to be enough courage for the six to, yeah. you know, they're, yeah. they're kind of a bottom, you know, they have a, they have a pretty deep hole in that yep. area of their life. There's never going to be enough courage to throw in there. Mm-hmm. Faith uh, is, regardless of how what religious or spiritual tradition you self-identify with, faith is really the answer. It's the belief that there is a higher power yeah. in this universe who's got my back. Yeah, yeah. Even when I'm alone, even when I'm frightened, even when I'm, you know, someone else, some something or someone bigger than me has mm-hmm. my back. Yeah. So I think that's the antidote. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I feel like that ties into the compassion element too. With someone bigger has your back, you've got the space to take a breath and be compassionate. You're yeah. Not having to hold vigil and... Totally. And then it. keep a list of names next to the phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I, I have them. Do you really? I totally, to, well, I don't have, well, I do. In my phone, I go in and I, I have a sort of a dedicated place in my contacts, mm-hmm. which is for fellow members of my recovery yep. group that when stuff goes south, I call them. Yeah. And, you know, um, everybody struggles with yeah. fear. You just major in it. Yeah. Other people major with depression yeah. or depressive thoughts. They have to find their own strategies. Mm-hmm. But I guess it is it is just learning to accept and make allowances and plans mm-hmm. for our... This is probably going to happen. What's, yeah. gonna, what's the next one, two, three going to be? Yeah, And it's, yeah, what the heck? Yeah. It's, you know, that shouldn't be a problem. Um, what dream would you really chase right now if you weren't afraid? Well, this is the... I'm trying to do it, but I, I'd be an artist. I feel like if I, like a painter, if okay. I got to the end of my life and I had not spent a lot of the time painting, I'd be real sad. I feel like I missed it. So do you think you've been afraid of being a painter? Totally. Oh, yeah. tell me more. Yeah, It's a blank canvas. I mean, who's not afraid of a blank canvas? <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean. You stand there looking at it and then you, and then the thought that like, if it's going well halfway through, I'm probably going to botch it up and have to start over again. Right. 
that's a huge hurdle. The other hurdle is just like the technical element of like pulling it all out, putting it on a easel, getting your paint out, right. all that stuff. Um, but but I have been actively working towards overcoming that. I've taken a bunch of painting classes in the last year, and then I'm uh, in this house that we're building. I've got a space that's going to be dedicated to be able to keep the. But that even that terrifies me because I'm like now it's all up and I have to actually do it. But that's the dream that um, I feel like fear is probably holding me back from. I think that's beautiful that you're working on that. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I, I love that question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have my sponsor. I, I faced it, and I think this is, I tell this story, I think I've said it once on, on our show, but I think it's a great story for sixes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so instructive to me. I had a business problem uh, with someone I was working with, and I was furious with them about something. And I had begun to make a movie in my head mm-hmm. about what was going on behind the scenes. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, I yeah. was going to that crazy place. I was crazy making. And uh, so I called my sponsor up because I was torn about what, you know, how am I going to handle this? And he is so smart, this guy. He said to me, Ian, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Hmm. And I was really brought to silence. I was yeah. like, what did you just say? He said, well, what would you do if you weren't afraid? I said, well, I would pick up the phone and I would do this, this, and that. And he said, great, call me in two hours. Jeez. And I was like, that was the answer. Yeah. The yeah. answer, the, the way that I got to the decision, and so this mm-hmm. might be where yeah. it's good for sixes, yeah. it's like when faced with a decision and you've got the committee going in your head and you're like, going yes. to, you could ask yourself the question, all right, stop. What would I do if I wasn't afraid right yeah. now? That's a really, that's very helpful. I can even think on the nights when I'm in the house by myself, you can't, I don't always want to tr- line up something to do. Like I don't want to have to have a friend that I'm going to hang out with every evening. Right. And so I'll stand there in the living room sometimes and I'm like, what am I going to do? I've got the whole evening ahead of me alone. Right. And that, that is a great question because it can clarify very quickly. I actually would love to go out to dinner with a book or I would love to go to a movie. I'm just nervous to leave the dogs because my brain is so full of worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. Or, that would be very helpful. Yeah. And then, have the faith and the mm-hmm. self-confidence to say, and I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to. I am not going to give myself a chance right now to self-question. Yeah. I'm going to get out the door before that launches in. Yeah. And then you know, you know, bring your rock with you to dinner. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just bring Harvard the rock. Love that. <laughs> you got a book in you. It's called Bring the Rock. Bring the rock. <laughs> <laughs> bring the rock, baby. I yeah. think it's going to be good. <laughs> so. Just maybe a couple more questions, mm-hmm. and then we're going to let you go because we're going to hit tra- Nashville traffic in a second. Yes. Um, you're you've been involved with uh, Rescue Freedom International, and I love. I was thinking when I saw that, and I've been to the fundraisers yep. before. You you um, sixes mm-hmm. are like eights, very concerned about underdogs. Interesting. Did you know that about no, sexes? No, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Big feature? I am very concerned about underdogs. Okay. I, I knew it about myself. I just didn't know that that was a six thing. Oh, my gosh. Total six thing. I get, I, I get very nervous if I think somebody's – or not nervous. I get very uh, like ruffled if someone's being left out of the conversation or even in that small form. But right. especially if they're being left behind by society or if they're not being given any opportunity um, – yeah, and, and Rescue Freedom has been a big part of that to be to be able to have it. So, so tell people about res- about Rescue Freedom. Yes, it's a fantastic organization. We're um, 
we're international, so we've got we help women and children coming out of um, sex trafficking. So the way that we do that is we partner with people in countries all around the world, and we they these are people who are fighting trafficking on their own in their own country, who grew up there, who know the culture, who know the language, who are not going to leave, they're going to stay there, um, and then we come alongside them and give them all the resources that they need to be very successful. I mean, financially often is a big piece of it, but then also we've got uh, trauma therapists on staff who go out and train them to help with trauma therapy. Mm. We've got, um, we have resources like connections and uh, if there's any kind of, um, if there's anything that we can help through government, we've got the connections kind of do what we can there. Um, basically just to empower them to do what they're doing already without having to worry about the other pieces um, and they're not recreating the wheel every time because all these little safe homes around the world are trying to make it happen and they're learning the same things. So, so if we can come in, give them the tools, tell them what to expect, Here's how you can raise money. Here's how you can talk to your board members. Um, here's how you report so that people feel like they the money was used well. That's what Rescue Freedom does. It's a great organization. Folks can check it out by going to rescuefreedom.org. Yeah. It's a it's a really a fantastic thing. And yeah. it does, again, I know you're the, the chair of the board. And yeah. I'm curious to know what that's been like for oh you. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad we're talking about this. <laughs> um, it's been very stressful, of course, um, mainly because everybody's looking at me to, like, the, the bulk of the conversation is directed by me. I mean, the CEO comes in and is, is doing a lot. He does a lot of the work. I But the the actual nitty gritty of like, um, I can't even think of my line right now. I'm so, I get nervous every time I think about it. I literally have to write out a script for myself before every board meeting Mm -hmm. so that I can remember that, okay, I call the meeting to order. I say, um, do I have a motion to accept this? Do I have a second? All in favor say, I I literally write out all those lines because when I sit down with everybody looking at me, I just collapse. Like my brain goes blank and my mouth gets dry. So it, it's been a very interesting practice. And I would not, um, yes, I didn't go into the, or, the, didn't get onto the board thinking I wanted to be the chairperson. It was just the circumstances that kind of led to it happening. And, and I feel like it was a great, it's been a great opportunity. What I've, have you learned most in the middle of it? I can do it. That's what I learned most. Say that again? I can do it. I love hearing That's you awesome. say yeah. that. Yeah. Good. So I, I, I realized, I think I was writing out the script made so much of a difference for me and I felt like I shouldn't have to do that. I felt like I should just know it and not have to write it down. But as soon as I knew exactly what was expected of me and what the words were, I was very comfortable. And, you know, I also have, I i don't know if this is, I, I'm very sensitive to social situations and there's, um, there's one of the board members is this general who's very highly decorated and he's a wonderful, incredible human. So, you know, I, I want to always be deferential and respectful towards him. I'm I'm one of the youngest people on the board, so I, I don't want to be jumping, cutting people off if they've got something to say, but I also want to keep the conversation moving. Anyway, all that stuff, um, it is a little, it scares me, but it's been very interesting to have to do it. And I feel like it's, the thing that has helped me get through it apart from the fact that it's doing incredible things around the world is also that I think that there's a reason to, to learn it now. And there's something in the future that this will apply to that. I'll be like, thanks to that experience. I know exactly what I need to do to make this be successful. So it feels like it's preparing me for something else. One of the things I, I encourage sixes to do is to keep a success journal. Oh, that's a very good idea. I think I need a little list of all the good ideas I've gotten. Yeah. Because, they forget past successes. Yeah. 
they very quickly forget, well, you know what, I made these decisions and this was at stake and this went fine, or maybe it didn't go fine, but I survived yeah. and it didn't go fine. Yeah. Um, and if they could just start to write it and so that when they go into, you know, uh, sort of start to have a panic episode about mm-hmm. something, go back and read your success journal. Yeah. Go back and read about the times that you did things fine. Yeah. Uh, and so that you can begin to kind of push back against the self-doubt yeah. and, uh, and and all that stuff. The worst thing, too, that you can do when you're having – when you begin to hear yourself using the word should. Yeah. I should know how to do this yeah. without a script. Don mm-hmm. knows how to do it totally. without a script. So-and-so <laughs> totally. does. What's wrong with me? Yeah. It never helps. Yeah. You know, because, because uh, trust me that – Everybody is suffering. Yeah. Everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's so important, I think, that to know that, you know what, Betsy, within four miles of here, there are a thousand people who need to write a script. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not just you. Yeah. It's us. That's so true. Yeah. I was mean, just thinking, I had to, we did our event here in Nashville and I had to get up in front of the group and do an, like an intro welcome thing. And I always get so stressed about that too. But the same thing, I, I wrote out a little script or I, uh, Jeremy definitely helped me come up with all the stats and everything and right. the, the CEO. So I, I had my little script to follow. And after it was over with, I, I apologized to one of my friends. Like, I can't believe I had to do that with the script up there with me. She was like, if you hadn't reminded me, I would not have remembered you had a piece of paper up there. It seemed like you did the whole thing on your own. So it was just funny how much it that piece of it sunk into me and nobody, well, the person I talked to did not notice at all. This has been a great conversation. Thank you. <laughs> I've learned a lot. <laughs> Did you? Do you feel good about it? I do feel good about it, I think. And you didn't have a script? No, I had no script. I had no idea what was going to happen. And you came. I survived. You showed up. <laughs> I think the thing I want to leave, I mean, for me, that has been really great in this conversation um, was that quote from Sylvia Borstein, mm-hmm. not mine. And I just, again, I want to say it again because yeah. I, th- I do think it's so good for every type, but particularly for sixes. Um, which is that, sweetheart, you're afraid. Relax. Take a breath. Let's pay attention to what's happening. Then we'll figure out what to do. So awesome. I love it. You going to come back? I think so. We'll see how I feel about it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't go home and second guess something you said. Please don't do that because the whole thing to. was awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know? Thank you. And, and I'll tell you, it'd be fun to get both you and Don here. Oh, yeah. That actually would be really fun. He's, it, he's got such a great energy that it kind of gets me excited and energized. Well, but you coming on your own Thank you. brings its own special Thanks. magic. And I hope you will come back. I want to encourage people, though, uh, again, to go to rescuefreedom.org yeah. to check out the incredible work that you and they are doing yeah. in the world. And um, everybody who's listening, remember the words of the great Oscar Wilde. Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken.